0: I want you to open up your Bibles today to Matthew chapter 16. I was this close to to just sitting down with you all, and I heard somebody taught Sunday school this morning and that did such a good job. I was interested in hearing what he had to say. I was gonna let Jeff come on up here and share with us what he shared with a Sunday school class. But I thought he might need a little more advanced warning. So <laughs> what you looking down for? <laughs> okay. Uh, today we're going to talk about uh, the way to abundant life. Abundant is good. Abundant is full. Abundant is the kind of life that we want to live, and yet we make decisions uh, in life many times that cause us to go in the opposite direction of where we want to go. And sometimes we we you know we talked a few minutes ago. I mentioned during our worship time that we need to study the word of God and we need to understand the things that he's telling us but how often have you read the word of God and you like you're like I don't really get that I don't understand that and how many of you have sometimes read things and you thought well that's the exact opposite of what I what I would think things should be you ever you ever done that and you do that and then in your mind as a Christian you know but the Lord is right and he knows what he's talking about but I still don't. I don't really get what is is being said here. So what I want to talk about this morning, one of those things that a lot of times we don't get right. We don't understand, even though we hear it a lot, and uh, we've we've read it many times. And as a matter of fact, it's all through the Gospels—Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John—and we're going to read it many times as we read the Gospels. But do we do we sometimes skip over the parts we don't understand? Go for the really heartwarming, uplifting parts, uh, we like those, don't we? We like to read the Bible and then go, aw, afterwards, don't we? And it's, we don't like to read the Bible and go, uh-oh, <laughs> I don't want to do that. But we're going to talk this morning about this. Whoever loses his life for me will find it. Whoever loses his life for me will find it. And so what what does the Lord mean by that anyway? I mean, what's he saying? What's he trying to tell us? I think it means that we're supposed to pursue Jesus' path for us even at the expense of our own desires. Pursuing Christ at the expense of what we want or what we would would like. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Right? Uh Uh-oh. Let's look at Matthew chapter 16. And uh, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna read several verses of Scripture through the Gospels, and I just want you to see the uh, the way that they're all together, working together, united, uh, making sense, uh, so to speak. So Matthew 16 verses 24 through 26. I'll give you a second to get there. 16 24 through 26. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? For what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Now listen to this, Matthew chapter 10, Matthew chapter 10, verse 39. He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. We already read from Matthew 16, Mark 8:35 For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospel's the same shall save it. Luke 9:24 For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake the same shall save it. Luke 17:33, "Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it." And then John 12:25, "He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal." So interesting, interesting, that we're hearing basically the same thing, just a few minor changes not really changing the gist of what Jesus is telling us, but it's there. And and it's kind of like uh, when you were young, or maybe not so young, and your mom or your dad said, remember what I told you? <laughs> I, I, remember what I told you? And you got to remember what they told you. And they probably told you several times, didn't they? And they told you several times because they wanted you to remember it. And then if you did forget, it was, I, remember, remember what I told you? I kind of see this, kind of in that light, remember this, remember this. Remember I said this back there? Remember that back there, and it's right here again? Let's pay attention to this. And as often as it's in there, and as many times as we see it, it's still a foreign concept to us. We're still not quite sure what it really means, and I think we need to. I think we need to try to figure it out. He's saying here, if you want to find your life, then lose it. But if you want to lose your life, then try to save it. Uh, What? (laughs) You know, that question again, what is that? What does that mean? Let's put it down in a simple mathematical equation. A lot of people will not be happy about that. I don't like math. That's me. But sometimes that helps us to understand things a little bit better. Uh, So he's saying if you want to seek to save your life, seeking to save your life equals losing it. So seeking to save it equals losing it. And losing your life in Christ equals saving it. Or losing your life in Christ equals finding it. And some of us probably think, well, I've got a baseline idea of what he means by that. But let's just, let's move on. Let's go a little bit forward here. Because I think that these words are like the opposite of the way I think. And I think I'm like most human beings in that. Sometimes I read something and it just seems like it's a little off or a little backwards, doesn't it? Because we feel like if you if you're gaining something, that means that you're saving it, right? If you're gaining it, you're saving it. And if you let go of something, you lose it. That makes sense, doesn't it? You're like, now you're like, ah, I get that. But that's not what we're hearing here. That's not what Jesus is saying. And to To understand why he's saying what he's saying, we've got to understand what he means by the words that he's using here. What what does it mean when he says, lose your life? What does it mean when he says, seek to save your life? What does that mean? Save it from what? What's he talking about? And why is it that doing each of these things produces the opposite of what we think it should? Because it just doesn't make sense. And simply put, this is what I think he's talking about here. He's talking about self ownership. Self ownership, owning yourself. Uh, You know, we've got to be willing. And this is this is the this is where the hard stuff comes. We've got to be willing to lose control of our lives. All of that control over our lives and what we do has got to die. All of that has got to die. And we've got to lose control of our lives. We've got to be unconditionally surrendered. That means I'm surrendered no matter what. That doesn't mean I'm surrendered except. Or I'll surrender this but not this. Unconditionally surrendered means I'm letting it all go. For what you want to do in my life. Because that's when you and I. Will fully experience the Christ life. That's when you and I will fully experience what the abundant life is. Because how can we have the abundant life that he died to give us if we're still holding on to the old life that he, tried, that he died to save us from? Does that make sense? How can, how, can the, how can the two live together? Jesus says if you want to die, demand your life. If you want to die, own yourself. If you want to die, you determine the outcome of your life through your own works and through your own reasoning. If you want to die, do that. But here's the problem that I see. That's what I'm doing a lot of the time. (laughs) And that's what we're all doing. We're taking control of our lives. How often do we get up every day and we say, Lord, this day is yours. My life is yours. Take me where you want me to go. Do what you want to do. I'm down with all that. Let's just head out the door and do it together. Or... Do we get out our, our you know, our, our calendar and we've, we've seen we've got appointments and, and schedules and those things are good because they keep us on track. Those of us who need a schedule, they keep us on track. But do we, do we make room for what's important? Do we make room for what he is talking about to us here in this scripture? And I don't think he's so much trying to draw a line between lost people and saved people here. I think what he's doing is he's trying to talk to the people that he already has, the people that he's already called. And he's saying this, I've called you for a purpose. I have called you for a purpose. You didn't have anything to do with it. I have called you for a purpose, and it's completely by grace. And so now you must choose. You must either choose to completely surrender to me or hold on to yourself. Hold on to what you want. Hold on to the life that you want to live. And if you think about it, nobody can unconditionally surrender themselves to God unless they believe in God. So this is a call to faith. This is a call to faith to those who have placed their faith in Christ to then surrender everything to Him. But fear not, because the faith you need to do that, He will supply that. That's a hard Thing to imagine because we have to muster up our own faith ourselves don't we but then again we got a god who god who provides everything for us he gave you a nose to breathe in the air he gave you a he gave you lungs to keep it there for a little bit and then he gave you muscles to squeeze it all out again he took care of it all right he gave you the ability to, to hold your breath if you want to and while you're doing that, while you've stopped breathing, he allows your heart to keep beating. I'm saying that because he is all-sufficient. He's all we need. He takes care of everything. Everything that we need. But this is a call to faith for people who, who believe, and he will give us the faith that we need to do the very thing that he's asking us to do. So if you think about it, losing ourselves completely in Christ should be the easiest thing for us to do because he has given himself for us he's given us the faith that we need and yet still you and i will resist it we will resist it because we want to hold on to stuff that we think is important and he's talking here about an not just an overall sense of an overall commitment to him but a daily thing and a moment by moment thing where you're just automatically say this moment is yours this moment is yours and this moment is yours and this next moment is yours because we sometimes forget that we no longer belong to ourselves we've been bought with a price and we belong to him we like to we like to do a bit of uh, bargaining i belong to you i belong to you but i enjoy this still or i belong to you and but i'm still going to do this and i'm still going to live this way and i'm still going to do that because what it all boils down to is in my heart and in your heart, there's a bundle, there's a basket full of desires that we have. Just a whole bunch of things that you and I want in our lives. And it's, it goes all over the spectrum. We're talking about emotional things, things about religion, things about relationship. Like we may have, have these career ideas and aspirations. I want to be a doctor. Or maybe you say, I want to be a race car driver. You're, you've got choices of what kind of media you're going to take in. Hey, I want to see that new Star Wars movie. Or hey, I want to listen to that new Toby Mac CD. And we've got life choices in our heart in that little bundle. Hey, I want to marry Sandy. Or hey, I'd like to move to Switzerland. In that order. Not that I want to leave Hickory or Newton. I'm, I'm just saying it would be a nice place to go. And emotional choices. Hey, I'm at peace over the decision that I made. Or I'm concerned about my job. I might lose my job. I don't have job security that I feel like I need. And then religious choices. Hey, I like some of the things that Buddha says. Or hey, I'm on board with this heaven thing, but I'm not sure I like this hell thing. I, I, I'm just not 100% with that. So we've got all these choices, all these things we want. And, and they're, they're in our heart. We want them. And the thing is, some of those things God's okay with. But there's going to be a good many of those things that he's not going to be okay with either. And he would say no to. So what it all boils down to is this. We have to say and we have to acknowledge that we are willing to trust God with every decision that we make. We're willing to trust God completely. We're willing to trust Jesus' wisdom over our wisdom think about that for a minute willing to trust his wisdom over my wisdom how about his wisdom over america's wisdom how about his wisdom over the church's wisdom you know are we willing to trust him above all other things are we willing to pursue his path more than any other path that we would like to be on see it's kind of like we're holding everything that we want in this hand and on this hand what we have in this one is everything that god instructs us to do and when there's a conflict about what to do we always need to go with what god says because his wisdom is perfect and he knows what's best for us but a lot of the decisions that we have to make and a lot of times there is a conflict we end up doing what we want to do instead think about yourself you ever done that you ever knew that god wanted you not to do something And yet, you did it anyway? You ever done that? I have. Have you done the other thing, though? Have you said, God doesn't want me to do this. I'm going to do what he says. I'm going to pay attention to him. I'm going to go down the path that he wants me to go. I want to do what he is instructing me to do. Because when my choices and God's desire for my life don't line up, I need to let him have the final say. I need to let him make the choice i need to let him make the decision but the problem with that here in america is that's again that's kind of a foreign concept because we tell our children we tell each other it's in every disney movie and most bedtime stories follow your dreams follow your dreams your dreams are in this hand remember follow your dreams god's desire god's plan follow your dreams How many times have you heard that in your life? Would you like to have a nickel for every time that you've heard? Follow your dreams. How about this? Listen to your heart. Trust your heart. Listen to your heart. Every young man and every young lady that's in here will tell you that they maybe had one or two boyfriends when they were growing up in school. And a good many of them grew up to marry somebody other than that first or second or third boyfriend or girlfriend. So what if they had listened to their heart to marry that first guy or that first girl instead of the one that they did marry? Some of you are probably thinking that might have been a better choice. No, don't do that. But, you know, if we listen to our heart, you know, uh, it's, not all, it's not the best thing to do. Love yourself first. Love, love yourself first. Love yourself And the thing is, Scripture is full of us being willing to let go of that kind of a life. Letting go of those things and doing what God wants. So here's another hard part. My desires are less than Jesus' desire for my life. My desires need to be less than Jesus' teaching. Again, sometimes they're going to be the same. But when there's a conflict, we need to go with what he says and and why would he ask us to do that because he knows what's best for us and he also knows that giving your life to him and trusting him is not just a one degree change from the way you're already living your life if we could if we could if we could talk people into becoming Christians by telling them you don't have to change anything just 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 say you believe say you trust say you want to go to heaven and just keep doing what you're doing that's not that's not it is it because there's got to be like a, a, a change from going the way you want to go go the way that he says we need to go it's like a 180 degree change there's another math issue you know think about it it's a hundred and it's like you were going this way but now you got to go this way that makes sense doesn't it that's 180 degrees this is 360 we do that sometimes we're headed this way no i'm gonna do what god wants oh I change my mind. i'm gonna go this way and we and we do a 360 that's what he's asking us to do so there's got to be a shift in our thinking we've got to change the way we're thinking how do we have to change what, what do we need to change the most important thing is not figuring out what we want the most important thing is finding out where god is leading us where does god want us to go and why would he ask us to do that He asks us to do that again because it's more than just a one degree change. See, a lot of people think that when we get saved, all Jesus is asking us to do is be a nice person. Just be nice. Just be a nice person. How many of you have been successful in that since you've been saved? If that were all that was required of you, have you been successful? How many of you are genuinely nice people? Okay, let's turn the tables a little bit. How many of you can think of some people who are genuinely nice people? And then let me ask you this. Do you really know those people? If that's all that was required of us, then we could keep living the way we were living, doing everything that we've always been doing, just be a little bit easier to get along with while you're doing it. And it's more than that. That's wrong. Jesus' path was radically different than doing things business as usual. And if we believe that all that Jesus is asking us to do is be nice, then have we really read the Bible? Have we really gotten into the Word of God and read it and, and to see what it has to tell us? I don't think so. Take the American dream, for instance. We are living in a, a materialistic society that says that everything is all about money. Our kids are going to college, and they're looking, and they're told to look at whatever career you choose Look at the projected earnings per year that you'll be making. Let that be what decides, makes the decision for you. We all want to make some money. We want our kids to do well. We want our kids to be able to take care of us when they get old enough to do so. So we want to push them towards those high-paying jobs. But what does the Bible say? This is what the Bible says. One's life does not consist in the abundance of your possessions Jesus says, be on guard against greed. Be on guard against it. Be on guard against it. Don't pursue it. Don't live it. Be on guard against it. There's a difference there. It's a radical 180 degree turn. How about this? What you do is what matters. What you do is what matters. But scripture tells us, Jesus says, if you lust after a woman in your heart, you've committed adultery. You haven't done physically anything. But if you've lusted after someone in your heart, you've already committed the adultery, God says. How about getting revenge? Everybody's got to get revenge. All the songs are about getting revenge. I took, let's see, I took, I can't remember the words of that song. I dug, I drug, let's see, I dug my key into the side of his pretty little souped-up four-wheel drive. Can't believe I know that. So, you know, well, yeah. y'all, y'all applaud that, but when I say a Bible verse, no big deal. You're supposed to know that stuff. We love it when you know something about the world. No, I'm just kidding. So, so anyway, have a little fun here. Uh, it's You know, get back, get even, get revenge. Scripture says, forgive your enemy. Pray for those that hurt you. Yeah, that's, that's different, isn't it? That sure is different than getting the revenge so over and over he is pointing us to something radically different than than the way things used to be and there's a word for that and it's used many many times in the bible and it's called repent and that is turning from one way to another way and in this in this situation it's turning from the wrong way to god which is the right way but you know we we sometimes get the idea of holding on to both let me hold on to my life in Christ, but let me also hold on to my life and the way things have always been and the way that I enjoy them. And we like to feel that safety and security of knowing that Jesus is in our hearts without really having to change much about our lives. Has my life changed much since I've become a Christian? I was saved when I was 9. I'm 52. You do the math. You know, Has my life changed any? Has your life changed any since you've been saved? Or is it business as usual? You're just a little bit nicer, or so you think. Have we changed? Have we changed at all? Jesus is really what he's doing here, is calling for us to make a choice. And if we weren't meant to change, then why do we call it getting saved? It's not really being saved, is it? We need to change. So we need to ask ourselves some questions, and I've got just a few questions I want to go over before we leave. That'll help us to see if we're losing our life to gain it losing our life to find it first thing we have got to ask ourselves is do we trust god enough to take control of our lives do we trust him to do that do we do we trust him to know what's best we might say i can trust him to do what's best but can i trust him to do what i like <laughs> or what i want him to do i don't think it works that way because contrary to what a lot of bumper stickers have said in the past He needs to be the pilot, not the co-pilot. He needs to pilot the vessel. And there is a difference between accepting God as your Lord and accepting Him as your advisor. There's a difference there. He is a good advisor, but He needs to be Lord of our lives as well. See, if we just see Him as an advisor, it's kind of like, you can give me some advice, and then I can make the decision as to whether or not I'm going to do it. I can make the decision not to do it if I don't like it. Or if I do like it, I can go ahead and do it. And we can just choose what we want and choose how we want and choose when we want. If we don't like the direction that he's taking us in, then we can go the other direction, right? But that's not what he wants. And what, what it comes down to is that when we don't like the direction that he's taken us, we say, I don't really like this and I'm uncomfortable, but I trust you i'm gonna do it anyway i'm gonna go that way anyway because you are lord you are boss you are ceo when you say go i need to go when you say stop i need to stop when you say do it i need i need to do it and sometimes we're only willing to trust him if we're not given any other choice right how about when you have a medical condition and there's nothing you can do to help yourself so you just have to put your trust in God. And you have to say, I, don't, I can't do anything here. So I trust God. I trust you for this whole outcome. I trust you for healing. I trust you for this situation. Is it because we know we can't heal ourselves? Is it because we know there's nothing we can do that then we're willing to trust God? Do we not want to trust God in the little everyday things? Again, does he not know best? How about if we're a little bit older and we've got some adult children? And they have decided to go in the, in, in the wrong direction in their lives. And they no longer longer live under our roofs, And we don't have any uh, pull in their lives like we used to. Because they're adults and they can make their own choices and their own decisions. What are you going to do? Tie them up, chain them to the bed, and say, I'll tell you where to go, when to go, and how to go. No, we ain't going to do that. Some parents are looking at their kids right now. Hmm, that's a good idea. Can't do that. So I just, you know, I can't do anything with him. I just trust the Lord for this. But here's the deal. If we if we choose the path of letting Him tell us where to go and letting Him tell us what to do, no matter what He says, whether we like it or not, we just have to trust Him and keep going. Trust Him and move on. Um, I think about the... Uh, I don't know how many of you have seen the Karate Kid movies, the old Karate Kid movies. And... Uh, you had Mr. Miyagi that was, uh, I can't remember the kid's name, but for some reason Daniel's son is what comes to mind. Okay, and so Daniel's son wanted Mr. Miyagi to teach him karate. And so he gives him a, a buffer pad, I think, and he puts him in front of a car, and he says, Wax on, wax off, wax on, wax off. And he's like, what does this mean? This doesn't mean anything. This doesn't make any sense. And what it turns out is he was, he was showing him what would help him later to become a great uh, person of karate. <laughs> I don't know what you call him, But he was showing him from early on, you know, this is what you need to do because it will help you later on. And that's Jesus. And you know, I'm showing you this. I'm taking you through this. I'm allowing you to experience this because it's going to help you later on. It's going to be a, make a big difference down the road. And so you just got to say, okay, I trust you. I trust you. Are we willing to do that? Here's another question. Am I willing to commit to living out all of his teachings or just the ones that I like the sound of, just the ones that make sense to me? How about that? I think a lot of times when we we get to this question, we revert back to our childhood, and when our parents would tell us to do something, we'd say, I don't want to. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And when we hear God telling us or leading us or directing us to do something, We come back with that little four-year-old response, I don't want to do that. And we feel like that's a good enough reason to not keep going. So let's just stop it right there. I don't want to do it, so I'm going to stop it right there. If we could see the future, if we could see what God's going to do through this, if we could see the effect that it would have on our lives and maybe other people's lives, we would keep going. We would keep going. But that wouldn't take faith, would it? got to have the faith to just say i trust you and i'm going to keep going and i'm going to do it we got to realize it that god's goal is not his ultimate goal is not our short-term happiness it's not it really isn't and his long-term goal is not your long-term happiness either that's not it even though he has gone to prepare something beyond our wildest dreams and we can look to that promise and we can count on that but his ultimate goal is this he wants to make us as much like his son as possible. That's his goal and that's his desire. Think about the impact and effect that Christ had on this world. It has been felt for it has been felt since he came down to earth. He has made an impact. And he has changed more lives than anybody else ever will. And he wants us to be as much like his son as possible. Here's another question. Am I going to dig into the Bible so I can know what Jesus wants from me? Am I going to be willing to do that? Am I going to dig till I get an answer? You know, that seems obvious, doesn't it? If we want to know what Jesus says, if we know, want to know what Jesus is teaching, you've got to read what Jesus said. and You've got to read what Jesus is teaching. Does that make sense? How many of us have said, well, the Bible says money is the root of all evil? The Bible says, spare the rod and spoil the child. Read it again. It says something similar to that, but that's not exactly what it says. So do if, if all that we get from the Bible is what William is preaching on Sunday mornings, you are, you are sorely lacking and you are missing out on what the Word of God has for you. And it's important that we be willing to study it. And that we are not just willing to hear, but we're eager to hear what the Word of God says. Eager to hear like when I was so thankful, when I found out that I wasn't responsible for remembering every sin that I had ever committed and asking forgiveness for every sin. What a burden. Been taught that. Been told that. It's not in the Bible. Because the Word of God says that he died Once for all, once for all, for all sin, and he took care of all sin. So when I trust in him and I accept his forgiveness, he's taking care of it all. It's all taken care of. Because if I had to remember every sin, I can't even remember where I put my microphone up here sometimes. I'm walking around looking for it and it's usually up here. And, you know, so if I had to remember every sin, I'd be in big, 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 big trouble. And, you know, it's, not, it's good, I think, to confess sin and agree with God that things are wrong. But, you know, there's going to be some things that you do that you haven't been convicted of yet, maybe, that you don't realize that you're doing wrong. And that's where getting into the Word of God and reading will help us and show us and open our eyes up to things. I think there's several kinds of people here this morning. I'm going to try to finish with this. Maybe we've got some people in here today that have never read the Bible that have never read the Bible. I think that's a possibility. I think it's a great possibility. Why should we read the Bible? We can go to church on Sunday morning and hear it, and our Sunday school teacher teaches on it, and I've got my radio on on uh, uh, 106.9 The Light and 88.1, and I can hear Scripture that way. Why read the Bible? Because God has something for you in there, treasures for you to dig up, that you never imagined, that you never could have dreamed up on your own so you need to get into the word of god some of us have read it but we kind of skip over the hard parts and i don't mean just the parts where it says so and so begat so and so hard word begat so and so hard word begat hard word you know you just can't read the words just say john mary joe frank if you can't say it but i'm talking about the 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 stuff the meaty stuff like what we're talking about this morning and when we come to something that pierces our heart and even if it's something that pierces our heart we say, uh-uh, no, no. We need to stay there for a little while. We need to camp out in that area for a little while. Think about it. Read about it. Study about it because God's showing you something. Maybe he's wanting to change something about yourself that you never realized before. And you think, wow, God's really showing me that I've been lacking in this area. or, Or he wants me to to do this instead of instead of doing that and figure out how it applies to you and how it applies to your life and i tell you what if you're willing to do that if you're willing to not just ignore the hard parts he will do something that changes your life in a radical 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 way and you will find your life by losing it by giving up control and letting him have it because you fully trust him and maybe you're the person here this morning That has been reading the Bible all along. And you're accepting it all as truth. And so what's wrong with that? Absolutely nothing. But don't stop. Because God still wants to work. And God still wants to change you. God still wants to do something in your life. Because you haven't. You haven't gotten there yet. We haven't gotten there yet. So keep reading. And keep studying. And as far as well i'm going to do one more question i said that was it but i do want to hit this how much are we willing to limit this in our lives hey i'm willing to come to worship service on a sunday morning for an hour but i'm not going to read my bible for 20 minutes a day i'm not going to do that i'm willing to um, i'm willing to sing a song but i'm not going to forgive an enemy i'm not going to do that i'm willing to write a little check to the church but i'm not going to quit gossiping I'm willing to say that I'm a Christian. But I'm not willing to diligently pray with a burden for somebody's salvation for as long as it takes. Why not? What if Jesus on the cross had said, hmm, I've been up here long enough. I'll just get down now. You know, it's it's, it's kind of the same thing. It is and it isn't. But it kind of puts things in perspective. Think of of the blessing that the whole world from the beginning to the end would have missed out on if Jesus had gotten down from the cross and said, nah, nah, I ain't going to do this. They don't appreciate it. They're not willing to make tiny little sacrifices. They're going to forget me. They're not going to do what I say. I'm just not going to do it. And yet he did. And And he did it because he loves you. And he did it because he loves me. And every time I hear that, and the more I think about that, the more it makes me want to do what he says. And I still fail. And I still mess up. But boy, I want to do better. And I long to do better. And I want you to listen to me here because some of us might be overwhelmed with all this information. You're telling me all this, and I just don't know that I can do it. You know, I, I enjoy things of this world a lot, and I know I shouldn't. But I also enjoy God and the blessings that He gives me and I want to do what's right. Right there it is. See, when God gave you a new heart, which is what took place when you got saved, those desires that God has, they're in your heart too. And He will He will help you and He will give you what you need to do exactly what it is that He's asking you to do. So maybe maybe it's that that it's really hard for you Um to talk about jesus at your work Nobody seems to even know who jesus is or care about him i wonder if maybe there's another one like you there that, that if somebody else would say something, they would say something too and they're just waiting for somebody else to admit to being a christian so that y'all can come together and pray together and make a difference there you know maybe you're an impatient person you've always been impatient you've told the lord i can be everything but patient and you're limiting the Lord. And you're not, you're not willing to let go of your life. And let go of that. And let God give you patience. And you're like, but William, I've been told never, 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 ever pray for patience. It's not a thing to do. Well, pray that the Lord will help you with your patience. As a matter of fact, let him be patient through you. Huh? Yeah. The hope of glory is Christ in me. Working out what he has worked in he can do it and if he's in you then you can do it because he can do it Does that make sense there's got to be some type of a math equation in there somewhere but i'm not going there i'm just going to i'm going to finish with this if you if you want to find your life if you want to gain your life then lose it give it to him and that's the road that's the path that's the way to the abundant life that he talked about You've been searching for that. You've been wondering where it's at. Let go of the things of this world. You're holding on so tight. Ask the Lord to pry your fingers loose. And you know what he does when he does that? When he pulls your fingers loose? You know what he does? Can't you just see this? Taking his hand and doing that right there. That's what he's all about. Simple little illustration. That's what he's all about. He's all about you. He's all about love. And he's all about showing that love to other people through you. You can do it because he can. I want you to stand. I want you to bow your heads for just a moment. Just reflect for a few moments on what we've talked about this morning. Are you clinging desperately to this world? Are you clinging to the things that you know God would rather you not be clinging to? You know, you can come to this altar today and just have a little talk with him. You can, you can pray right where you're at. You can come to this altar. You can take time this afternoon and pray. But there's a response that, that needs to be made after hearing this truth. What do we need to do? Trust God. We trust you. We trust you. Your ways are higher than our own. We trust you. We trust you. Your ways are higher than our own. This we know. This we know. Let let us not forget. Are you thinking about surrendering your life to Christ this morning for salvation? Maybe it's been on your mind. The Lord's been dealing with your heart. You know it's time. Now's a good time. Maybe you've been coming and you've been thinking, Hey, I believe God wants me here, can use me here. I want to join and be a part of Star Town. You're welcome to do so this morning.